Hello, and welcome to the Film Coterie. I am Roger. I'm Adam. And this is episode 93, our Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness episode. How are you, Adam? I'm doing good, Roger. How are you? I am busy as a bee. Yes. As yes. busy as the bees are in the natural outside right now, I am as well. Yeah, me too. I've been trying to get some stuff together for the Kentucky Derby this weekend. Yep. Uh, I've yep. been looking forward to that. Yeah, I've that set should... up some simulcast racing in the basement, so my first <laughs> real chance to test it out. Awesome. That sounds... I'm looking forward to coming. That We're going to bring the family and come. It should be a lot of fun, man. But if somebody's checking in, we are a general movie podcast. We review a wide range of films. We're going to talk about a couple films that are coming up here in our opening segment. And then, of course, we'll get into Doctor Strange uh, as our main feature for today. But um, we kind of have we have a tendency to to critique films similarly, but we have very diverse taste in films, don't we, Adam? We do, and that's the funny thing. I, I always have the lean towards horror, and you're not into that as much as I am, to say it nicely. But here we have Doctor Strange, which is Marvel's. I would say heaviest leaning into horror to date. This does have some horror elements to it. Yeah, absolutely. And so when my family asked me how the screening was, I, I kind of had to say, well, I think Zach will love it, but Tori, I don't know if it's for you, you know, yeah. cause it does. She doesn't do that whole, she doesn't like some of the, let's say the Scarlet witch elements of sure. her, of her character, which is, we'll save that for the actual podcast, but we have a couple films coming up that you're pretty excited about or that we're getting some good buzz. What are those, Adam? Well, uh, it's always good to get excited about the next Alex Garland project. He's the director that's brought us Ex Machina and more recently Annihilation. Loved Annihilation. His new film is Men. And it's with, uh, it looks interesting. It's a woman in the countryside and she's going through some issues and suddenly every man looks like the same man to her and seems to be coming after her. Okay. It's a very tense looking movie and the early buzz puts it in line with Mother. Um as being Which very, I did not see because it was so out there, but you've recommended I see it. Mother was an incredible theatrical experience just to see walkouts, see people not know how to deal with the material. Right. So Men has been compared to that, and I don't know exactly why, but I know a lot of people are already up front saying it's confusing, it's debatable. <clears throat> And it's divisive, which those all make me even more eager to see it. Yeah. I love when a movie takes a swing. <laughs> yeah, me too, as well. And so I think we are going to get a screener for it. So we'll we'll head out and check it out. And we may be completely on board. You may love it. I may hate it. I may love it. You may hate it. Because sometimes with these horror films, I really like it. And you're like a little cooler on it because you're like, yeah, that's been done before. Or yeah, that's, you know. Right. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what our take is on it. And then we have, last but not least, finally coming to a theater near you, Top, Top Gun. Gun. Yep, Top Gun 2. That's been in the can for so long. Forever, but... man. Yeah, it's it finally coming. When... I mean, that was a 2019, 2020 yeah, film. Yeah, back when Tom like... Cruise was young. <laughs> Younger. Still <laughs> Younger. looks good for his age. That's for sure. And yeah, Top Gun buzzes through the roof. They loved it at CinemaCon. Already been declared the dad movie of the year. What does that mean, the dad movie you know, of like the year? No, like dad jokes. The dad movie is just a feel-good, somewhat formulaic film that hits the right notes, has nostalgia, brings something new. Okay. 
Like a, your perfect T-shirt, right? Comfy, right. stretchy. Yep. That's what Top Gun's going to be. It's just going to feel right when you put it on. <laughs> I love it already. I love it already. Okay. And so, as we said in our last podcast, man, it feels like the movies are back. They are. You know, we're in full swing. Theaters are busier. We've seen a big uptick yeah. in crowds. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's jump into this. I am eager to talk about Doctor Strange's second solo outing. All right, sounds good. Well, let's take a little listen in to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This is The Film Coterie. Every night, I dream the same dream. begins. I did what I had to do. To protect our world. You cannot control everything, Strange. You opened the doorway between universes. And we don't know who or what will walk through it. Wanda. What do you know about the multiverse? Viz had his theories. He believed it was dangerous. He was right. I'm sorry, Stephen. Your desecration of reality will not go unpunished. We should tell him the truth. All right, and we're back, Adam. And uh, that was a little listen in to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. What are your thoughts, man? What'd you think? I think we have to go over the prerequisites first. Okay. This is not a standalone Marvel movie. This is not one we could say you could go into this cold and enjoy it. This one actually has some prereqs, I think. I agree. That are, are necessary viewing. So you need to be familiar with the Infinity War saga. You don't have to see all 20 films, but you generally have to be familiar with what happened. But your actual prereqs will be the first Doctor Strange, the TV show WandaVision, and then Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because they're going to draw references and story beats from all of those. Right, and character motivations stem from those. Exactly. And that- Go ahead. Yeah, you can't get them just from this film, um, especially in relation to the Scarlet Witch, WandaVision's essential viewing. Um, and that's on Disney Plus available now the whole season. It's a shorter season. I believe it was six episodes. Yeah, and even if you if you don't want to do all six, just watch the last three, you know? Yeah. But I would recommend also, what are they, like 30 minutes, 20 Yeah, they minutes? were short. They're super short, so you could probably binge them in a night if you had the whole evening. But I would yeah, definitely, definitely recommend WandaVision um, because the Scarlet Witch is going to play into this role, play into this movie. Her motivations, they don't have room in this movie to kind of delve into them. They all stem very directly from WandaVision. Yeah. And then Roger and I both rewatched the first Doctor Strange right before it. And I think that's essential viewing, too, because, one, it's a good movie. It holds uh, yeah, up really well. I, I, I like yeah. it more every time I see it. I, I'm in the same boat. I was re- Zach and I rewatched it, my son, and we were so surprised about how good the first movie was. I wasn't bored or I was like I was engaged immediately from the very beginning, and then I had forgotten how much how many seeds they plant 
toward what's going to happen in the overarching story and with Dr. Strange. So, yeah. And the first one does a wonder with the world building it does because it has to establish the mystical side of Marvel. Yes. It does an excellent job at that, and now this builds on to it. So, for Dr. Strange, uh, Multiverse of Madness, this, again, is directly following the events of Spider-Man. Right. And you don't have to see this, but it follows Loki, too, because the Loki show revealed the multiverse opening up through some events. Yeah. And the threats that may lie out there. So what this means is we're going to have Doctor, multiple Doctor Stranges, we're going to have other dimensions, realities. We are not going to spoil any cameos or events like that. No. We're not going to even spoil who the villain is. Um, Because that's all great as you discover it during the film. Um, But it's a Marvel movie, so there's cameos. Yeah. The trailers are starting to give away some of those. I've seen that even the head of Marvel saying that we're showing too much. So I don't know what happened with the marketing department. Yeah, I, I would I would stay away. Right. Don't watch any TV spots, trailers. If you really are into the whole Marvel uh, 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 universe, stay away until you see Doctor Strange. Yeah, Roger and I talked about this afterwards. Marvel's usually pretty good at advertising. They go so far as to show fake stuff in the trailers that's not in the movie. Here now they're, they're giving revealing, away, they're revealing some pretty big stuff. They're revealing some pretty big stuff, and all of us that stood around after the movie all agreed we would have rather had been surprised by that. Right. But the trailers give it away, so definitely stay away from trailers. But this movie kicks off with a new hero. We're going to see her a bunch of times after this. Her name is America Chavez. Yeah. She's a teenage girl with a very special power that she can literally punch, and I do mean punch. Yes. Holes in realities and dimensions and connect the multiverse, and she's the only one that can do that. So the movie opens up in an action scene. She's being pursued by a demon, and we have a, a Doctor Strange helping her. Um, and then the adventure goes from there. We get lots of weird dimensions, magic, returning characters. If you like Wong, Wong is always good. Oh, Wong, yeah. Wong is great yeah. in this. Yeah, Mordo's coming back. Mordo comes back. Yep. Um, yep. And he, we've not seen him since the first movie, so he's a welcome return. Yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, Wanda Maximoff or the Scarlet right. Witch... I thought Elizabeth Olsen, the, the performances are just right in the pocket. They're right in the wheelhouse. I thought uh, Cumberbatch is, is always good as the somewhat ego. He, he's what, it, if a world-class surgeon became a superhero, his personality wouldn't change. <laughs> and he even gets a Superman moment here. This isn't spoiling anything, but we do see him leap into action from a wedding where he can change his outfit, just like Clark Kent going into yeah, the phone booth. He doesn't so worry funny. about the phone booth. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so, I, I, you know, as far as the performances are, are, I thought they were great. Spot on. Really good. The story is good. Um, again, you may be a little bit confused. If you're just going into this film cold, you may be a little confused about why. Well, that doesn't make sense that he or she would do X or Y. You know, you have to know what's going on in the background. Yeah. That would be the one downside to this film. It's not a standalone film. No, um, it's not a standalone. It's very much a middle piece. It's a piece of something bigger. Um, you don't get much evolution of the characters. You know, this is just kind of an adventure. This yeah. kind of felt like a short, you know, three-issue arc that would have been fun in the comics. It's not very deep. Um, it's very surface-level action-adventure. It's fun. It keeps moving. There's very little sure. drag in the film because there's yeah. always something happening. Yep. Um, the visuals are not as trippy as the first one, which kind of disappointed me a little. The first one, it has some incredible visuals and they went all out to show weird dimensions. Well, yeah. 
And yeah. and this one, maybe just because we're more used to it, it just didn't strike me visually as much as the first one. And, and I don't know if I would, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but man, there's an opening sequence that's pretty darn good where there's some travel through the multiverse. And I'll just say that. And I thought that was pretty incredible visually myself. Okay. Well, I was just thinking back to the first film when uh, the ancient one sends them on a journey, which just was just an awesome sequence. Yeah, and no, I, I, yeah, I hear you. Using all the mirror verse in the first movie with the buildings folding and everything else like Inception. Yeah, but that, I think there was an awe to that first movie like, right. oh, I've never seen anything like this before. It was groundbreaking, at least right. for Marvel yeah. and some of the visual effects. But yeah, this one... It's different. Now, this brings a different energy. This is Sam Raimi behind the camera returning so, to do so, his... Yeah. No, I think that's great. So Sam Raimi's directing. For those listening, what does that mean? Like, if you don't know who Sam Raimi is by, for some reason, what does that mean when you hear it's just going to be a Sam Raimi film? If you're a horror fan and you hear Sam Raimi... <laughs> that's why I asked the question. <laughs> you know he did Evil Deads and Army of Darkness and, and so much great horror. If you're a comic book fan... He's responsible for sort of the launch of the modern mega blog blockbuster because he did all the original Spider-Mans. Yeah. Now, Blade kicked it off. There's no denying that. And we had the X-Men's. But the Spider-Mans were box office juggernauts that right. really drove Marvel all forward. All Sam Raimi. Yeah, the Sam Raimi deal. So. And so, Sam Raimi has his own energy, his camera tricks, the Dutch angles, the camera movements, yes. the dolly zooms. It's all here. It feels like a Sam Raimi movie. So that's always exciting to see. And that helps it feel less cookie cutter formulaic with the other Marvel movies. You know, I, I, that's a great point, Adam. I, w I was thinking, why does this, this film stand out? Even though the depth of it is not anything remarkable compared to the other films. Right. And I think you hit the nail right on the head there because, because of all those things, it's unique because it's a Sam Raimi directed film. Yeah, he brings a little extra something to it. And this is not a knock on the other Marvel directors. They do what the studio wants. You know, they're able to step in and get the product done the way that the audience wants, that the studio wants. It's right. very successful. Raimi, being an experienced director and a guy that has his own style, was allowed to play in the sandbox a little more and, and bring his own uniqueness in a little more than we typically see in a formulaic Marvel movie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some other thoughts, um, you well, know... It's not a perfect movie. Um, I, I've been thinking about this. One area where the Marvel movies are pretty weak is in the relationships. Um, Robert Downey Jr. and Gwyneth Paltrow, it was never that strong. You really didn't care what happened with him and Pepper Potts. The two times it worked, I would always say, would be Captain America and Peggy. Their relationship was really solid right. and interesting. And Wanda and Vision. Other than that, I've never cared about Thor and Jane Foster. You know, even after a while, Marvel gave up on even trying to juggle the relationships in these movies. Right. So they try again here with Doctor Strange and Christine, and I just don't really root for them. You know, there's always the question of should they be together or should they not, but it's, it's not strong. Um, there's not a super chemistry there. Um, I, I Yeah, I think I'd push back a little bit. Sure. For me, and just personal preference... I really dug their chemistry in the first film, and okay. I thought that they really cared for each other, but they couldn't figure out a way to make it work because he was an egomaniac doctor. You right. know, he always had to hold the knife, was what they would say in the original film, and and, and even in the second film, I think there's definitely for me chemistry and a spark between the two of them. But they can't ever be together because he is Doctor Strange and he has to save the world and he carries the weight of not only the world but multiple universes now on his shoulders, you know? 
So, yeah, I hear what you're saying, and I, but I would just disagree a little bit and say, I, for me, I think there is some some pretty good chemistry with them together, but that's just me. Okay. And yeah, I would feel different. Like I said, I connect more to the Captain Rogers and Peggy Carter. You know, they they were separated by time, not so oh, much yeah. other stuff. Yeah. But their relationship was really solid. Even though it had very little screen time, there was some magic in that relationship. And I just, I didn't see it here. But that, I mean, you make fair points there too. The other weakness to the script, I thought, is we just don't really get much time with America Chavez. She feels more like a plot device than a character so far. I'm excited to see her in more stuff. We're going to see her again in the Marvels. Um, you know, we're seeing these younger heroes come in now between her and then this summer we're going to get Miss Marvel on Disney Plus, and she's also going to be part of the Marvels. So you're going to have Captain yeah. Marvel helping out these younger heroes, you know, form a team. Uh, yeah, and I think that's great, and I agree. We, this is where we wholeheartedly agree. So this film came in under two hours or right at two hours in length. Could you have put another 15, 18 minutes in this film and really developed her character? I would have personally liked that, but I don't know if it would have hurt the overall sure. story. I am in agreement there. Um, she's such a unique character, and she's a different character. Um, she's she's she brings a great diversity to the superhero, you know, uh, panorama there. And I just would have loved to have seen that developed more. Yeah, because going forward, we need these younger heroes. We've lost some heroes along yes. the way. Yeah, but we've got some great ones coming up. I mean, yeah, oh, so exciting to see. You know, didn't you say that that Kevin Feige was like? still plotting out the next 10 years or when he was at CinemaCon, he had just left a retreat and he was returning to a retreat with him and all the other filmmakers and directors were all getting together to plot out the next 10 years of the MCU. Oh, I'm so excited. So happy about this. <laughs> uh, for stingers, we're not going to reveal anything. This has a mid credit and an end credit stinger. So you do want to stay through. Is there just two? I thought there were three. There's just two. Okay. But yeah. don't leave. It'll say Dr. Strange will return. Spoiler. He doesn't die in the film. Uh, and then a thing will come up at the end. Yeah, absolutely. So stay to the very end and you'll be well, re you'll be rewarded. So for sure. Any other thoughts as we wrap this up, Adam? No, um, I'm kind of exceed excited to see where Marvel's going because it's still kind of wide open. We don't have a new big bad. They're introducing a lot of things if you've been watching the shows. So I'm kind of waiting for it to get back on the tracks again, if that makes yeah, sense. I mean, sure. we're exploring lots of new stuff, but the cohesiveness is a little bit less than what we've seen in the first couple acts of the, Mar of the Marvel MCU. So I'm still pulling for Dr. Doom. There's no word of that, but I'd love to see him introduced <laughs> as a big bad because as a kid and college kid, I had Dr. Doom 1 as my license plate. There you go, man. Well, maybe that'll happen. So, well, I think it's fair to say both of us highly recommend. Um, do, do you recommend with reservation at all, Adam? Um, if you have younger kids that like Marvel, you may want to see it first because there, there's zombies, there's dead things, there's demons, there's spirits. There's murder. Wanda is scarier than you've seen her before. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. You know, she's on her own journey on this movie and, you know, she's going to a darker place. Yeah. So all those things, I say this movie earns its PG-13 more than the other Marvels. I agree. That's not to say it's bloody or gory, but it has a, some horror elements that we've not seen yet. So if you do have little Marvel fans, you may want to pre-check it out before you would show it to them. Sounds good. All right. How can folks reach out and connect with us besides just listening to this podcast? Well, 
you found us. We're Film Coterie, and we use that handle everywhere. It's at Film Coterie on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or any other social media platforms that we're on. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the Film Coterie podcast. We'll see you next time.